Clifford, it's been a very Langbrook family week on mm. the show, which I'm sure you are bloody stoked yeah. about. Don't worry, guys. We'll get back to normal next week. <laughs> I think it's lovely because I I heard a lot about Stace and we met your mum earlier this week, Mm -hmm. even though she tried to dog out and not go to Harry Styles with you because she got better tickets with someone else. Still not talking to her about that. The whole Um, thing. But someone very, very special to me, probably the person I consider to be the most special person in my life, is my big sister, Chloe. Um, She's the person that when people are like, who's your inspo in life? <laughs> She's the answer that I often give for many reasons. Oh, and one of them is because she is a member of the LGBTQIA plus community doing incredible things for her organization and the committees uh, that are involved with that and actually going to World Pride in Sydney this weekend to talk to us all about it. My beautiful sister, Chloe. Chloe. Hello. So it's me. You're the one to blame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to blame for what? For Bronte? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, she's putting you down as a rinse-bo. So <laughs> oh, I you. No, no, no. All the non-problematic behaviours, I like to think, uh, I've inspired in her. So, That's none. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome for those. That's none Everything else is... is Probably dad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, JP. We'll unpack that in group therapy later. But, Chloe, you are heading to Sydney. Is it today? Because it all kicks off this weekend. We've got Mardi Gras. We've got the World Pride events. Um, when do you head down? Heading down tomorrow night. So I think it's actually, I think it's like Pride Month in Sydney. So the mm. whole thing is is happening down there the whole month. Um, this weekend is Mardi Gras. And then the whole week after that, leading up to the weekend, is World Pride Week. But it's all a big month of rainbows and stuff. So it's all pretty good. And yeah, so we're, my wife, Sean, and I are flying in tomorrow night to um, get into Mardi Gras weekend. So oh, I'm, I'm jealous because you'll be able to see. We put it on every every year on the TV. Yeah. I'd love to be there. It's such a huge party. Uh, you can watch it on ABC tomorrow night on Saturday night. This year, uh, 12,500 marches, over 200 floats taking part, and I would imagine a couple of hundred kilos of glitter, Chloe. <laughs> oh, well, that's in my luggage alone. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure about everybody else, but yeah, and so- exactly. So you and your wife, Sean, and this is something that mm-hmm. Chloe and I have spoken about, and I think even you and I, even just the dialogue of when I say my sister is married, I often like to say my sister and her wife, just because yeah. people still make assumptions on everyone's sexuality and things, and it's those kind of small changes that I think often make a big change, Chloe. And something like Mardi Gras, I'm sure people out there see it as this thing where people just maybe, yeah, like we say, dress up in glitter and stuff, but it has a bigger meaning and a, and a proper purpose. Yeah, definitely. So it's, um, like you say, Bun, it's like a lot of those um, those little things that we do in day-to-day life are something that as an LGBT person, you're kind of constantly coming out or sort of mm. every now and then having to let someone know like, oh, you might have assumed this about me because... We live in a society that's heteronormative, which means we sort of assume because of most of the population being straight that most people are straight and are in heteronormative relationships. So a, a straight cisgender man and a straight cisgender woman being together. Mm-hmm. But as we know, for the LGBTIQ plus population, that's not 
the case. So that means that every now and then you've got to correct someone's previous assumption, which is somewhat fair that people have those assumptions because the majority of people are like that. But gradually societies become more aware that, oh, there's a whole bunch of people in society that don't identify that way and have a different experience. And so Mardi Gras and Pride is just about giving um, recognition not only to where we've come from and the fact that, you know, not too many years ago, it wasn't so accepted to be LGBTIQ+. Um, so it's recognising that, but then it's also morphed into a real celebration and, and a sort of a real happiness around celebrating that difference and what that brings to society as well. Is, is that a constant thorn in your side? And will that be a constant thorn in your side for most of your life, living in that uh, in that world that you described there where you're constantly having to pull people up and say, oh, no, this, this, this is how it is? Or um, is that something that you're just comfortable with these days after so many years? Mm. It's something I've become way more comfortable with. Um, I, it used to really make me nervous if someone made an assumption and I thought, oh, I've got to correct them. And then you'd have that panic in your head of, oh, do I, do I bother or not and whatever. And, you know, it's interesting. You see a lot of people on, you know, comments on articles on Facebook saying, oh, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Let's not even focus on it. But I think what people don't realise is if you've never had to do it, to constantly lie or not tell, like, the truth about this part of yourself is quite um, – it really takes it out of you. Mm-hmm. So it's something I've become more comfortable with over time. And certainly now I don't mind correcting people if they make an assumption or just say – it's really nice now to just be able to say my wife because it just – removes any uncertainty mm, yeah. around the situation. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's become something I'm much more comfortable with. And certainly people, for the most part, are always like, oh, sorry, sorry, like they're more embarrassed. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. Yeah. And hopefully that little moment helps them, you know, just be a bit more aware about it. Have you seen, Chloe, we spoke to Justin Hill about this earlier in the week, about this kind of shift in the dialogue uh, regarding what LGBTQIA+, the, what, how the community is represented in our media and even if you mm. just go back 10, 15 years, the characters that uh, were part of that community or even the, the conversations around them, some of the terms that we use are still, to me, and I'm sure you, Clifford, so mm. jarring to hear. Um, are you finding that like the community is being represented better or is there still a lot more that we can be done and that can be said in just everyday conversation? Yeah. Oh, it's so much better now. Like I remember even 10, 12 years ago, um, there was just, you were just sort of starved for like queer representation on, mm. on mainstream media. And there was a couple of shows that you could watch. Um, like I and many other gay people my age, particularly women, will remember downloading the L word and like squirreling <laughs> it away in some hidden <laughs> folder on your computer. And that was sort of all we had. Mm. Or like there are a couple of other shows as well. Um, but yeah, certainly on mainstream media, it was kind of, there might be like a token um, mm. queer person uh, on the show and often there were jokes made at their expense, which we cert- certainly wouldn't make now. No. Um, I was actually watching a Friends episode the other night and there was some really like, just like, it wasn't blatantly homophobic or anything, but it was just enough of discomfort around mm-hmm. the general concept that it was like, oh wow, this is dated now, you know, now I think there's just general much better acceptance of, yeah, there are queer people in society and that means they should also be represented on TV in mm. a way that's, um, yeah, just kind of normal. Yeah. What can people do to be a, a friend of the LGBTQIA plus community? You often hear, oh, you know, this is a an event or whatever for people in the LGBTQIA yeah. plus community and their allies. What do we do to be an ally? I think the best thing people can be can do is to just 
um, when you hear about something, you know, if your initial reaction is, oh, I don't know anything about that or I don't know about it um, or I'm a bit uncomfortable with it, you know, just take a moment to realise that you might be feeling like that because you maybe you have you don't know that many people, you don't think you know that many people in your life that identify as LGBTIQ. Um, and that, that's okay if you feel a bit unsure. We don't. Some people, if they're not familiar with it, feel uncomfortable. But then just like learn about it. So learn a bit more about um, about Mardi Gras or about LGBTIQ plus experiences, um, and even just you know taking a step back from that discomfort and recognizing like you know by LGBT people doing whatever it is they're doing, whether it's celebrating at Mardi Gras or just being married and living their lives. Um, they're not affecting you in any negative way. In yeah. fact, their presence in society is probably making it more progressive and more accepting of all people. And that's that's why I'm particularly passionate about LGBTIQ plus inclusion because I actually think that it makes it better for people of all genders and experiences to feel more comfortable to be themselves and whatever that that looks like. So, yeah, I think just take a step back and just mm. enjoy the party. Get around the rainbow. I love mm. it. What about for the little Chloe's out there who might be at school, who might be – you know, questioning things about themselves and who they are liking or what they're feeling. How is that process as a young person to kind of go through that journey? I'd like to think it's quite different these days than when I was going through school, you know, pre I was going through school pre-marriage equality and a good 10 years pre-marriage equality actually. Um, and so I think there was a different sort of stigma around it now, I think it's different, although it probably depends where you are in the world. If you're in, in you know, a different, a, a, you know, small town, maybe it's more intimidating to think about, you know, coming out or revealing that part of yourself. Um, I'd like to think in general, again, representation on the media um, is really important for this reason. So just, you know, I think it's important for people to explore and consider who they might be um, and, you know, just seek out people that you can chat to about it that might have had a similar experience or might be able to chat to you um, about what that means. It doesn't mean anything for sure or either way, it's just something to sort of um, look into and, and um, yeah, just learn who you are, whatever, whoever that might be. And if you look into that and it's like, oh, no, that's not how you are, that's also, mm. that's great too. It's just, you know, being mm-hmm. yeah, comfortable with whoever you are, I think. Such great advice. Why is Bronte the one on the radio when you speak so well, Chloe? I told you, she taught me everything. Wow, like we could really fill that chair, Bronte, if you ever went anywhere. Just putting it out there. We sound similar. We have similar Um, like toned voices, so she could just fill in. Yours is a bit more high pitched and squeaky and a bit more annoying, I I think. I like Chloe. I was gonna say I've got a I've got a much sexier voice. I have a much sexier voice. I have a much sexier voice. Um, all right, Chloe Langbrook, off to Mardi Gras. Um, it's just been it's been great to, to get to know not only Bronte's sister, but to hear you speak so passionately uh, about the, the topic of world pride and the LGBTQIA plus community. Chloe, thank you for taking the time. Big love. Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for talking about it all across regional Queensland. It's so important. We love, love to hear you. it. Love you. Love you. Love you, Clivo. Love you too, Bye. Chloe. <laughs> <laughs>